Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Friday, February 10th. Basketball at the top of mind right now as Clemson goes to Chapel Hill, trying to snap a two-game losing streak. And Clemson fans, in light of North Carolina looking like a total dumpster fire, are convincing themselves (laughs) that it's enough of a dumpster fire for the Tar Heels to completely recover just in time for a visit from Brad Brodnell's Tiger. We will see. Going to be interesting to watch, and we will have plenty of conversation and coverage of this game this weekend at TigerIllustrated.com. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people, and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-4581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Green Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. Okay, a few weeks ago, had the pleasure of a long conversation with J.C. Harper, former Clemson player from the 80s, son of the late Tom Harper, the legendary defensive line coach under Danny Ford. Harper, of course, J.C. Harper has a connection with Garrett Riley from Harper's days as the head coach at Stephen F. Austin, where Riley transferred from Texas Tech and helped Harper and his staff implement the Mike Leach Air Raid. A lot of great stuff, a lot of really cool stories from the old days at Clemson in the 80s. If you're an old school guy, you definitely want to listen to all of this. Here we go. Enjoy. Man, this has been really cool learning more about the the roots of Garrett and and the air raid and all that. I talked to Ruffin McNeil uh yes uh two days ago. And wow, what a what a fun conversation that was. And so I'm just that's that's really my my uh my object here is just sort of peeling back all the different layers of 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 Garrett's story. And it's really cool to how it sort of is intertwined with with Ruffin here in in the eighties, and then with you at Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, that's uh, no doubt. And then you know, and then Ruffin uh, GA for my dad. Yeah. And so you know, my dad's included in this whole thing too. So he might just be operating from upstairs. Yeah, 
Yeah, I bet, man. I bet. Um, well, what? Uh, I guess if you could, if we could, this, uh, to start with, how well do you still know Garrett and Lincoln, and and how sort of? I just am curious to learn more about that connection. Well, I mean, in in, in college football, or probably in football anyway, when you're out, you're out. And um, so, you know, it's not like um, it's not like we, you know, we don't have any reason to really visit or do anything. I mean, most all coaches are wrapped up into their football. And then once football's over, they, you know, kind of find another network or another group. You know, we we kind of settle here in Lake Charles, Louisiana, because of my wife's from here. And and uh, and so I've kind of moved on. And uh, I do my own thing. And so to answer that question, I would say no. You know, I feel like we're always connected. You know, this is kind of connecting us in a way. And I know that if we, um, if I wanted to reach out or if I came to Clemson, you know, I mean, I don't think it would be, it's not like, you know, it would be like we didn't ever know each other, you know. I mean, we, we, we know each other. And so, um, and same thing, you know, with Lincoln. But I don't, I don't bother people. <laughs> How long have you been out of coaching? Uh, since 2014. So, what, eight years? Yeah, going on ninth. Yeah, 2014 was uh, was our last year at Stephen F. Austin. It, was it something that, where you just had had enough or? Oh, no, I got fired. Well, I'm just I'm just saying as far as uh, getting back uh, why in. Why that decision was made? Uh, my wife um, is originally from Lake Charles. And um, she has, you know, and, and Louisiana's a little bit, I, to me, it's a little bit different in that family and friends and, and all that is very important here. And, um, and and they're very interconnected. And so, you know, it was hard for her coaching, you know, moving and doing and what she had to do in order to either progress or find another job was difficult. And, um, and so when we, when we got fired and we moved down in our holding time between, well, before I was trying to find my next job, um, we had some young kids and, and they were in school and, and it kind of just got settled. And, um, and so, you know, within that time period of getting settled and not, not wanting to, it was kind of a pull to not wanting to move, you know, not wanting to do it again. And so, um, that was, you know, at the end of the day, that was what we ended up doing. And I don't have any regrets, you know, our kids have, um, growing up with family and friends and, um, in a, in a community where they're loved and appreciated and, you know, having friends. And, and so we're very fortunate that we are able to do that. How old were you when you got let go, Stephen F. Austin? Oh, let's see. I would say, let's see. Well, man, I want to say forty-eight. Um, I'm I'm fifty-seven now, so that'd be seven, eight, nine. Yeah, about forty-eight. And what did what did you get into after that? Since then. Well, I mean, I got extremely lucky. I've always kind of, you know, this is a long story, but I mean, you know, when I when when uh, I got into coaching, and for me, um, coaching was very easy. Um, it, I never felt like I was working. Um, I felt like I was just 
doing what I'd been raised to do from my dad. And, and it was just, you know, I mean, I just felt like I it was just so simple to connect with players and, and recruit. I knew the system. I knew how everything went. And it was just, it was just, it was just fun. And, um, um, you know, heck, I got to go outside pretty much every day for three hours a day and, and um, coach guys and see things, you know. And I, I really enjoyed um, breaking film down and all that. And I remember back when I was younger and we'd go, when we had film that was cut and splice film, we would cut and splice the roll film. And I'd go with my dad up there to the office and we would, we would put, you know, uh, tapes all around the office in there with different, you know, what we might be one call or another call with. And then we would take those tapes and put them back together again. And so being it that I was raised in it, it was, it was fun. And so there really wasn't a lot of money to be made, you know. And, and, and so I dabbled into, on the side, I dabbled into real estate and I've gotten into, um, building a real estate portfolio on the side and it was something that I felt like I could do because it just didn't really interfere with coaching. And so knowing during Bennett that I knew a lot about real estate when we moved here, um, they had, um, I had a five, I had a contract, I had a really good contract. I have five year rollover. And so they had renewed me in February and then they fired me in November and it was a lump sum contract, and so they had to pay me the money. It wasn't like I had no one to con- it wasn't a, It wasn't a fake contract. <laughs> There's a lot of fake contracts out there. This was basically a guarantee. And so when they when they fired me, they had to pay me, and I took that money and bought some um, some land in an area where I thought it was going to develop, and I was able to develop that, you know, and and. Um, take that and develop that and, and just kind of been building off of that. And uh, we've been successful with um, commercial real estate. That's great. Yeah. yeah it's, been, it's, it's been fun because, uh, you know, I think I, 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 my uh, son and daughter, you know, they, you know, my, Michael was around when I was coaching. He was, you know, I think it was like, five six or seven something like in second grade and um and so they know that he knows that side of it but i also wanted him to know you know that you don't have to you, there's other things that you can do to make money and um have you raise a family and doesn't necessarily just be coaching unless it's in your blood i didn't know anything else and so you know my dad was a coach and my mom was a teacher and that was it and uh, so it's been great to learn in new aspects of of something else to make money. So now you have coaches who are making way more uh, than they did, but now you're also their jobs are a lot harder yeah. because they're having to deal with the portal and. When you when they sign a recruiting class, they're not done. They kind of have to re- recruit their own roster over the rest of the year. And you're having people, you're having coaches leave the profession just because they, the quality of life isn't isn't that good. Are are you? Did you ever miss it? I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and what do you make of where things have, sort of have evolved just in the last I guess um, nine years since since you since since you left. Well. I miss the connection with the players. 
a coach to me was trying to take a player where he can't take themselves and and um, you know develop them and love them and grow them and I miss the connection with the player you don't get that with real estate it doesn't matter how much money you make you don't get any type of any type of development or feedback or a good feeling of of that you know growing that player and 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 getting to know him and getting to love him and getting to care about him in every way possible and that's the way I was raised and and so I miss that I miss Saturdays after you taking a long week and putting a plan together um, and that would be more of a, of a coordinator role. You know, when I was a position coach, I coached players. When I was a coordinator, you coach them all. But when you're a coordinator, it's more of a scheme or more of a plan and a challenge. And I miss that challenge on Saturdays of, of doing that. And then, um, and then as a head coach, you know, just the challenge of putting it all together, hiring good people and, you know, winning, um, you know, that, that was really enjoyable. As far as, um, being the, the negatives of not necessarily being with my family as much as I do now, um, it's hard to trade that, you know. And so when 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 an opportunity, if I was to pursue an opportunity, it would be really hard for me to not be able to be around my family. And um, you know, I take my daughter to school every morning. I've been doing that ever since she was in kindergarten. I did my son until he got a truck. But, um, <laughs> you know, being able to do that and see him when they come home and say hello and, you know, hope you had a good day, those are just, it's invaluable. And it's hard to do that. You can do, you know, I know Coach Sweeney has a great, you know, family atmosphere there, but it's still, it's still difficult at times because you're doing a lot of traveling and, like you said, with all the new facets. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think that the, the transfer portal and I think that the, the, all the things that have been evolved, I, I honestly think they're good things. I think they're good for the player and I think they're good for the, for the, for the team. Um, you know, I mean, it, it kind of, it kind of makes it so that, you know, if you're at a place and I think, you know, Clemson's one of those, you know, because of Coach Sweeney, I think if you're at a place where, you're comfortable and things are good and you're being treated right. And, and it's kind of the old way of, you know, you're going there to get an education and play championship football, you know, then it makes it hard to leave, you know? And, and, uh, and so, um, but at the same time, if you do want to leave, you can, and you're not, you're not hurt because of that. And so uh, I, mean, I think it's good. I think it's good both ways. Yeah. And, um, and I'm sure it's probably a, a, a pain when it comes to roster management, but um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think it all works out on how you run your program. How old are your kids? Right now, Michael's going to be 18 in March, and Emma's going to be 13 in February. Wow, so these have been invaluable, priceless years the last... Eight years that you've you've been so present, I guess. Oh, 
I don't know if they, I don't know if they play the same thing. You know, but, you know I think so. And, and uh, my wife too. You know, I mean, I've been able to be with my wife more than I ever did before, and um, and that's been really enjoyable. We're we're really good friends, and and uh, we have a great relationship. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it. But I've always been a big believer. When my dad passed away back in '89. Two weeks after I graduated Clemson, um, I've just always been a big believer that God has a plan and there's a reason for everything. And and so um, sometimes we might not like it and sometimes we might not understand it. But um, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it ends up coming through. And uh, so I don't have any doubt that there's been a reason for everything that's happened. Sure, I miss coaching. Sure, I miss the players. Um, I miss Saturdays, but in, you know, I'm getting a lot in, in exchange for that. All right, can you um, recreate the um, sort of the connection with with Garrett? I, th- I think I guess you had you wanted to learn about the air raid, and you reached out to Ruffin. Is that right? Yeah, I wish it was that simple. But my first when when I entered when I, when I it's a whole it's kind of interesting. Robert McFarlane, who actually GA'd at at Clemson, uh, was the head football coach at Stephen F. Austin, and he hired me there as defensive coordinator when I didn't have a job because we had gotten fired at Western Michigan, and um, and so you know we spent a year and then a year or two at uh, Stephen F. Austin as a coordinator, and then. Uh, Robert McFarland left and went to um, Iowa State as a coordinator. And so then we had a whole staff there. He had left, and, and um, they asked if I would interview. And, and so I said, you know, sure. And so I interviewed for the head coaching job. And when I interviewed, all I really knew was what, how we had won at Clemson when I was there with Coach Ford. And, um, and we, you know, I think during my time period, we only lost six games. And so we, we knew how to win. And, and so I kind of interviewed and sold the you know, president and the AD and the, we had a board of nine that the way we would win would be through, you know, hard physical D offense and, and really physical hard nosed defense. And, um, you know, and just you know, be sound. Don't turn the ball over. Don't you know, have stupid penalties. You know, play well on goal line. All the things we did when we were at Clemson, when we won during that time period. And and so it, it must have worked. And I, I got the job. My only problem is, is when we went to go implement that into that year, first year, the players didn't buy in. And it was too physical. It was too hard nosed. It was too demanding. And they 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 basically spit the bit out and didn't want that. Time. They didn't want to do that. And so we went zero and eleven. And so going zero and eleven, um, and and hardly having any players left on the roster. Uh, matter of fact, in the, on the last game, I had to coach our backup quarterback how to play corner because our corner we we, we were missing a corner on the way to the game. 
And so I knew, you know, we had problems and uh, I had to fix them. And I remember going back into the back of my den at my place. And heck, I didn't even know if Stephen F. Austin was going to keep me as a head coach. And I just figured I might as well figure out how to solve it. How, how, in case they do, well, you know, I think I had a two-year contract at the time. And so I only had one year left. And um, I had to solve a problem. And so... Um, what we were doing wasn't going to work. And so I had to find a, a, another way. And, and, in, and in Texas, they they give state championship trophies and rings to 7-on-7 um, seven seven in the summertime. So high school teams that have a 7-on-7 seven seven program and they go compete for a state championship in the summertime. And so I was like, if kids are enjoying it that much, throwing and catching and going out all, all, all every day in, in uh, summertime, uh, throwing and catching, then it must be something that you, you know, that is fun and kids enjoy it. And so I thought, well, you know, what is it that does that? And, it, and, and, and I thought, well, it's Mike Leach and, and, uh, and uh, at the time, Texas Tech. And so I'd done my research on, on that whole Mike Leach, how mommy deal. And, and of course, you know, I knew a lot through um, my dad had, had always run the Coach of the Year clinic manuals. And so I could, I could look those up, too. And, um, but the easiest thing to do would be to reach out to Ruffin. And so, uh, you know, Ruffin was a GA for my dad. And then at the time when I was playing, Ruffin was kind of like, he was kind of like my in-between between my dad and me. And he was kind of the buffer. And so he would always kind of tell me, you know, what I needed to do or what I needed to say or whatever might, you know, help me out with my dad. And so we became really good friends. And he's a great, great man. And uh, and so when I reached out to him, he, he was like, yeah, he goes, this is what you need to do. I explained, you know, everything to him. And he said, this is what you need to do. And and uh, this is how we do it. But he goes, one thing, JC, he goes, I know how you are. You you need to let it let it be what it is. You You know, don't mess with it. You know, because it works, and I and I and I needed to hear that. You know, and and uh, and my response back to them was just simply, in order for me to be that way as a head football coach, I need to know that the guy we're going to hire is competent and knows what he's doing, and has to, you know has to be assured. He has to be a confident person, and. Um, and so he said he would get back to me. Uh, he would visit with um, Dana Hogerson and Mike Leach and figure out who might be the best guy for that. And um, and so he called back, and he, he I think he gave me three names, but I ended up only interviewing uh, one in person, and that was um, Shannon Dawson, who's now the offense coordinator at Houston. And... Um, you know, Shannon came in, and and uh, we, it was, to me, it was kind of instant that we hit it off. He's a, he's a really good person, and a very very much just a what you see is what you get kind of guy. And um, he interviewed and he showed his film, and his film was terrible. Um, it was old, you know, real to real, and it just it was just black and white, and it wasn't it wasn't impressive. But when he was going through the interview, he said. 
you know, you got to have the capacity of boredom. Well, from my time as working uh, working with Lou Holtz at Notre Dame, uh, that was how we were successful with him. And that you have to have the capacity of boredom. And that means that you have to you have to be willing to take pride in execution on offense. And it's a matter of executing and, and you know, and so uh, not just keeping on adding stuff and doing stuff. And it's not like a gumbo. You know, you want to just, this is, this is it. Let's go out and coach it. Let's execute it. Let's go do it. And you coach the quarterback at the end of the day. And so... Um, when he when we was done, I brought him into my office and I said, uh, "You know, explain to me what you mean by uh, capacity for boredom." And he explained it to me, and I said, "Well, my job as head coach is to make sure I hold you to that." And it's really hard for coaches. Coaches get bored, and so they want to tinker, and they want to add this or add that or do this well, that, and then they want to blame the players. Well, that's that's not really fair. You know, I mean, you know, the thing I think about the Mike Leach system and what we did was it was it's like it was like a, it was like going to school. You know, it's very it's like it's it's he it had been it had been brought down to the lowest common denominator. And so it was very easy to teach. And um, and it was easy for players to understand so they could go out and be the best that they could be. And then Garrett comes in. So, so yeah, so we kind of we've gone out and we've gone out and got a quarterback, and I mean that's a whole other whole long story. I should write a book, but that's a whole other long story. And we got out. I, I you know, I kind of took this from Coach Ford when we were at Clemson. I mean, one thing that he always said is we're gonna have offensive linemen, and he always had about you know four, four more offensive linemen than we needed. And uh, somebody asked him one time, why do you need four more offensive linemen? And he said, well, what we do, um, they're gonna, one, of them, one of them's going to quit, one of them's going to transfer, the other one's going to get hurt. And so you got to have more than, more than what you need. And I took that philosophy and went out and recruited six quarterbacks. My first, the second year when we went out doing this. And, uh, and so we had some quarterbacks and, and – um, and then as, as time went on, um, Garrett um, was at Texas Tech, and he was with those guys, you know, with Ruffin and 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 Dana and and the Coach Leach. Well, Coach Leach gets fired, I believe, and leaves and goes somewhere, and um, uh, Dana went to uh, Houston, I believe, and I believe. Uh, Lincoln went to Oklahoma, maybe, or West. No, he went to East Carolina, and Ruffin got the job in East Carolina. Is that, I think that's right. Yeah. So, so Lincoln reached out to Shannon uh, Dawson and just said, you know, that uh, Garrett wanted to find a place to where he could, uh, where it was similar, you know, to what they were doing, and we were exact. It wasn't similar. I mean, we were. I mean, verbiage. Everything we did was was exact because I know because I was managing it and I wanted it to be exact. 
And, um, and so for him, it was just easy to come in and, you know, understand the terminology, understand the practice schedule, understand the drills. And uh, for us, it was good because, you know, we got an insight into anything that we weren't, you know, doing that wasn't the same. And so, I mean, I'm, I, many times, you know, Shannon and Garrett would, you know, visit and watch, you know, film or, you know, game plan, whatever it was. And, you know, that's that was perfect. And so um, it ended up being a great situation for Garrett. And it was uh, a great situation for us. I'm sure you remember a lot of the age-old criticisms of the RA that it was just a gimmick and didn't have substance and all that. When did you? Is there a point when you when you stopped hearing that? I guess not necessarily of. of well, of, I, mean, I, I mean, for me, it's totally it's, it's, and I don't know how you're gonna put this all in, but but to me, when you ask me that question. We won at Stephen F. Austin for they've only won two two championships, four championships in the history of their program, and we won two of those. The reason we won two of those is because of the system that was put in place structurally with practice and the way install was done offensively, and so. The, the 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 way that things were structured, and that's what I'm trying to explain, I think the way that wherever it, wherever it was Mike Leach or wherever it came before that, it was the way that it was put in and the practice structure. It was very lowest common denominator. And I, I think if you could do, if you, I think you could do anything, but it, 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 as long as you have that, structure because what ended up happening at the end of the day was it ended up being like a conveyor belt and so the wide receivers you know over time they 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 knew exactly what they were doing and they could play fast and and it was the same as it was the same thing every other day and and that was the capacity for boredom so at the end of the day the offensive line was the same way it was a it was systematic and it was the same as the only person that you really ended up having to they got a different view of the whole thing was the quarterback and he was the one that you really have to coach because he's the one that is going to see variables you know he's going to see different things and a lot of times you could practice all week saying you're going to see this but when you get in the game you see something totally different but it's okay because you work on that and we and you knew you knew that if it was this then you did this well i mean that gives you a big up and then as long as you have the pieces you know to be able to do what that is then you know you know whether it's run and shoot or whether it's you know whatever you want to call it i mean it, it, it's it works because it allows your kids to play fast they know what they're doing, and and you once you set the system, you know, meaning that we only had three running plays. We had an inside running play, we had an outside running play, and then we had a draw. That's it. And so once they knew, you know, once once that's it, then then you know, other than pass protection, that's what they worked on. 
And so kids knew when they came to practice or when they came to me that this was what they were going to do and what they were going to do that day. And it never changed. It didn't change for seven years. The practice didn't, the practice schedule didn't change and the calls didn't change. And so what happened was, and, and, I, and I'm almost pretty sure Coach Leach at Mississippi State was exactly the same. But when Lincoln went to Oklahoma, they added in a little bit more running game, um, you know, with the, with the guard tackle pool and stuff like that. But it was still the fundamentals of it is still the same. It, it gets down to the quarterback um, having the having the pencil last and getting you into the best play. You know that that whether it be a run play or a pass play. Um, at that time. That's what I want to. You you can't go fast, and we went we went like super duper fast. I mean, like we were we had to pedal to the metal. That's what I wanted to do because being an ex defensive coordinator, that made it really hard. And and um, and so we had to pedal to the metal. Well, you can't really play really fast if it if you don't if you don't um, have it simple, you know, for your quarterback. Yeah, that's what I'm interested in drilling down on is 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 Lincoln and Garrett and I guess the Browse part of it have sort of modernized it or added to it with run game and tight ends and stuff like that. I'm just curious as, as you're watching this more modernized air raid now, what are some of the biggest similarities or some of the the the, the the same strains of it that you that you would recognize uh, as being the same as, as as always, if that makes sense. Well, I would go back to every one of these guys that is a disciple of Mike Leach. The practice schedule is the most important thing. They're not going. It's an hour and a half practice, and it's the same thing every day. So the first things for and they, and they do they do the same practice schedule. All of them are the same. So that'd be number one, and then number two, the install, meaning that you have a you have an inventory of run plays, you have an inventory of pass plays, and so in the spring, we their their deal was is that they would have three or four run plays that they would decide this is what we're going to hang our hat on. And so once they decide those, that's it. Now, I mean, it got to be, they, they ended up adding, you know, some extra ones that, that, but they never put them in. So it was those four. And then after that, you, then you do your pass plays, same thing. So we had about 10 or 12 passing concepts. And then we had some screens and so those the, the 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 concepts all stay the same wherever whatever wherever these guys are, and and so um, and the same objective, which is spreading out the field, right? So it's you're, you're you're spreading them out, and you're and you're taking advantage of the length of the field, so you can so the quarterback can see. You know the the numbers. You know how many how many are in the box and how many aren't and and where do we you know this where where do I go so that I can get rid of it in two point five seconds? And um, I mean that's the key. You know deliver the football, get rid of it. But if they're open, throw it to them. And so there's those concepts of of coach quarterback that that 
are different. You know, I mean, it's not one, it's not one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. It's no, it's dropping back. If he's open, get it to him. And, and, and so then, um, so once you decide on those runs, once you decide on those passes, then you have, so you have install day one. You might take one of those running plays or three of those passing concepts and screens. And then, so then day two, you might take another one of those runs and put it in. And so then day three, you're going to take whatever's left. Okay. So your inventory has now been separated into day one, day two, and day three. So when you get to day four, it's day one. Day five is day two. Day six is day three. And it never changes. So you could be in spring practice and it's, you know, however many days you have, it's one, two, three. Repeat, one, two, three, one, two, three. And it never changes. You could be having a scrimmage. If it's day three, those are the only plays that you're going to use in that scrimmage that day. And then when you get into the season, you're going to break that down to two days. It would be a Tuesday and a Wednesday deal. And so you kind of narrow it down a little bit um, as far as what you're going to use for that game. And 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 that's what that's what makes it work wherever you go. Whether you have guys, you so if, if I was if I were to assume you need Garrett or wherever whoever these guys are, if you go in and and they got a tight end who's a really you know good tight end, you know, is he a vertical threat or is he not a vertical threat? That's the key, you know, because you, 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 if you don't have a vertical threat, then there's really not going to be much sense in him being out there a whole lot. Um, but if he's a combination vertical threat blocker kind of guy, well, there's a lot you can do with that guy. I mean, because you have mismatches, you know, with him on safeties. We didn't do that. You know, we used more of like um, the guy that's with the Miami Dolphins, uh, the little the little guy. Um, you know, I, we want, I wanted speed. And at our level, we weren't going to be able to find a tight end that had speed and could also block. It just wasn't going to happen. But they ended up talking about, you know, having a big why. They wanted a big why because they, they wanted the mismatch on the inside receiver. And so... You know, that's how that's developed. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't have it, you don't have it. You know I mean? So um, I don't know what they do or they don't. But, you know, the outside receivers, I mean, it's pretty much it is what it is because the outside receivers are going to be locked up on a corner. And, and unless you motion them inside and, and you can, you know, get a, mis- you know, get a mismatch with a safety, um, the most majority of the time, the outside receiver is you know, going to have to beat a corner. You know, so where you can find mismatches is inside, you know, with a bigger tight end that, you know, Clemson might have. So as you're watching, say, TCU this past season, oh. you know, you obviously see the, the the, the the different layers that have been added on uh, the run game tight ends and all but what do you see on the field that that's like to the layman to somebody who doesn't really understand what do you see on the field that says yep that's the air aid stuff right there is it the splits is it the uh, where the quarterback's going what 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 are the distinguishing characteristics that still make it air raid even if it's a modernized version of it well, I mean, I would say um, 
I would say number one would be tempo. I mean, if you don't have tempo within your system of some kind, then you're really, to me, you're really not doing it right. You know, I'm not saying it's got to be full pedal to the metal like we were, you know, but it, it, you got to have the ability to, you know, to do tempo. And, and, um, and so um, I would say also um, screens. You know, we, we were really taking advantage of the outside screens. I'm talking about the, you know, the outside wide receiver screens, but also tailback screens, you know, motion and running back out there and having the two receivers block. That, that's a tall sweep. You know, so back when I played at Clemson, we ran a lot of tall sweep and we ran, you know, we ran a lot of option into the boundary. And, and all we were doing, you know, we were running the same play. It was just a, it was just a screen. You know, so those are staples, you know, within the, within the, uh, um, that offense and, and, uh, and you can go fast when you're running screens because you're taking advantage of them right now. I think to me, you know, what I saw, um, and I was able to see it up front was, was Tennessee, you know, I mean, Tennessee is, is really really close to what we did at Stephen F. Austin. I mean they have the ability to play, they have the ability to go tempo and they did. And and they attack you. You know, so so and they also have the ability to slow it down, which was a new concept that we didn't really do. But the you know nothing more than I just didn't want to do it. And, and, uh, but they do, and, you know, and they're running a lot of the guard tackle pull stuff. And, um, and so, uh, but to me, you got to have the, the, you got to have, if you're going around the guard tackle pull stuff and the run stuff, you got to have the, you got to have the RPOs and the screens that go with that. And so I don't know if that answered your question, but that's, you know, that's what I, I see tempo. I see uh, formation as far as, you know, what, what's the, you know, what's the split of the formations. I think people have gotten away from the very big splits inside, you know, that Leach had. We did that too, but I don't see that as much anymore. But I do see splits with receivers, you know, taking, taking, taking uh, advantage of the, the full football field and then the screens and tempo. How many years of your life did you spend in Clemson? Nine. Longest ever for our family. Longest one place ever, which was awesome. Loved it. I knew we, we, we asked a good question because, you know, we moved every three years of my life. And uh, um, I remember when we won the national championship, I'd asked Dad, I said, how long are we going to be here? And he said, well, I think we found home. And that was great, you know, that was great to hear. So, I mean, people that have been to Clemson, uh, like our family, realize and know how special Clemson is. And um, that was way before um, this time now. And Clemson's just always been special. Yeah, it sounds like you, you took a lot of it with you. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, you know, you know, it's, 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 um, it's like you said, it's all kind of, you know, with, with, um, with Ruffin and Garrett and my dad and, you know, and, 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 and I've known, you know, you know Woody McCorvey and, 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 uh, 
uh, we call him Dog, Danny Perriman, uh, Danny Perriman, uh, and I played together. And Woody coached with my dad. And so through those relationships and coaching, I knew uh, Coach Sweeney. And, um, I mean, Coach Sweeney is just first class. I mean, just, I mean, Clemson's so lucky to have a, a guy like Dabo Sweeney. And I tell him that every time I see him, I just tell him, thank you, and we're lucky. How often do you see him? Whenever we go, my son went to football camp. We've been to camp, and then um, when he came over, when they came over here and played in the Super Bowl, we went down to Tulane and watched him practice. And um, you would think that I was there every day. I mean, uh, he came right up, and, you know, just just personable and just an unbelievable guy. Um, and so, you know, we went back this summer, and, and Michael went to camp there, and and. Uh, it was just, it was just incredible, you know. It's just it's special. He's special, and so we're very thankful. If you're in the Eastern Midlands and PD area, and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home, commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to Uptown Realty SC. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Solera Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Where were y'all before Clemson? Uh, Virginia Tech. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's an unbelievable story on its own. I mean, my dad was with Bill Dooley at North Carolina and um, and Coach Dooley took the uh, job at Virginia Tech, and my dad was really disappointed because he liked Chapel Hill. Um, but you know, we went with him to Blacksburg, and uh, and so uh, we were there for a little bit. And um, uh, my dad kind of got disgruntled, you know, with his recruiting area. And um, I remember, we, you know, my dad wasn't an early riser. And uh, he got up early and, and left and before we had gone to school. And I went to, uh, when we were getting up, getting there, I was going to school. And mom asked mom, I said, well, so where are we moving to? And she, she looked at me and she goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, I mean, dad never gets up early. 
ever. <laughs> and so I know something's going on. And um, she wouldn't say, but then he came back and, and he said, um, we're moving, and uh, the place we're going to has a lake. <laughs> and um, it's going to be great. We're going to buy it. We're going to get a boat. I'm gonna, we never got a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we stayed in Blacksburg until we, you know, until we got done with school that spring. And so he would come back every now and then. And I remember asking him, I said, well, Dad, how are we going to be? Are we going to be any good? And uh, he said, we're going to be good. He goes, we got a heck of a defense and, and we got a freshman coming in that's going to be incredible. And I said, well, who is it? He said, well, William Perry. <laughs> And uh, I just, uh, it was, it's just uh, amazing, you know. So it's just a great, it was a great, uh, we say luck, but I, I'm not, I don't, I don't really believe that it's luck. I believe that uh, the guy upstairs had a little bit to do with that. So y'all's first year at Clemson was 81? Yeah. And did he, because I know Danny came from Virginia Tech, did he, what was the relationship before my dad played for Bear Bryant. That's right. At Kentucky. And so, I mean, all those guys, you know, were you know, loyal to Bear Bryant. And they're all close to him. And um, every, you know, shoot, every, my dad played for him at Kentucky. And so every other year, we would go to Louisville. And they had the Bear Bryant reunion for the Kentucky men, and we would go, and you know all those guys knew all the Alabama guys, and and then he was coaching. You know, I mean, my dad was pretty good at what he did, and um, and so it just worked it out. So they had never coached with each other uh, before. No. Uh-uh. no. How old were you in '81? I was a junior at Daniel. So, and Daniel, yeah, I started all that. I started all the coaches' kid stuff before Dabo did. I told him that. <laughs> <laughs> I set the precedent. <laughs> yeah, I bet he laughed at that. Oh yeah, I mean, we, it's it's, um, it's been it's. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I went to Daniel and I loved it, and uh, my brother went to Daniel, and um, I was just fortunate to be tall and long and and uh, and um, had an opportunity to I actually committed to Georgia my junior year and um, and then I ended up changing and going to Clemson all right what's the story behind that <laughs> so I went to uh, so my dad uh, was somewhat of a control freak and uh, and so when we were growing up, he was either control freak or cheap, one or the other. He might say frugal, <laughs> but uh, he didn't let us go to any other camps. So we only came so me and my brother, and I had another younger brother, so it was three boys, and neither and we couldn't go to any camps other than his camp until we were a junior if we were a prospect. And, um, and so every year, you know, we would go, you know, I guess at the time we went to Chapel Hills camp, North Carolina's camp. Then we went to Virginia Tech's camp. And then we get to Clemson and we go to Clemson's camp every year. And so it would be one year, I guess. And um, and so then my junior year, he said, well, you know, 
I told you you could go to another camp. Where do you want to go? And I said, well, I got a letter from Georgia, um, you know, that's where they're recruiting me. And, you know, I really hadn't gotten any other letters that I knew of. I said, well, I'm going to go to Georgia. That makes sense. And um, he said, you're going to go to Georgia? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Georgia. I'm going to go to Georgia's camp. And so he said, well, okay. And so I went to Georgia's camp, and uh, they offered me a scholarship. Coach Dewey offered me a scholarship, and and, uh, I'm like, golly, that's awesome. Uh, And and so I ended up committing. And... uh, and so, you know, so it's back then, so as time went on, um, I'm not sure Clemson really knew, you know, what to do. Um, my dad uh, kept coming to all my games, and, um, and he would be there every game. And, and at the end of the day, I don't know when exactly, but um, my dad asked me if, you know, if I was still going to be, you know, committed to Georgia. And I said, I said, yeah. I mean, Coach Dooley's been at my at the school twice, and um, and he said, well, I've been to every game. And <laughs> I said, well, you're my dad, <laughs> and you always told me that you don't go anywhere unless the head coach wants you, because you might not be there. And so the very next day, uh, I was in, I'm almost pretty sure I was in English class at Daniel, and Coach Ford showed up. And, you know, they had said, you know, J.C. Harper comes to the front office, whatever, everybody thought I was in trouble. And Coach Ford was there. And Coach Ford picked me up. We went driving around Clemson. And we went to Max Drive-In, and we went to all, you know, we went to see Mr. Hensley at the, at the Marriott and uh, we're all these places. And we were going driving back out. He said, uh, he goes, man, he goes, you come back from Georgia around Christmas time, summertime, ain't going to be quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Priceless. <laughs> So, I mean, if if that's what you want to do, you just need to know when you come back to Clemson, you're always going to be Georgia. He goes, but if you come to Clemson, you're always going to be Clemson. And uh, you can always come back home. And uh, he said, I expect to have an answer tomorrow (laughs) is whether or not you want to be a Clemson Tiger or not. That was it. Wow. (laughs) What a story. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I learned a lot about recruiting. <laughs> uh, so when, when and how did you give the answer? Oh, I mean, shoot, the very next day. I mean, I, I wasn't going to wait. I, no, I mean, did you call him up or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I told Dad first. Yeah. I mean, it made sense to me. You know, I mean, it made perfect sense. You know, I mean, I didn't know how long we were actually going to be in Clemson, but, I mean, heck, we'd been there for – you know, I've been there for like four or five years, and um, I just asked my dad. I said, "If I go to Clemson, would you know? Would you stay?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, I'm here." And um, 
I mean, it was a, it was the right decision. I mean, my dad and I had some bumpy bumpy roads at the beginning, but you know, at the end, it was phenomenal, and we became good friends. And you know, kind of like me getting to be around my kids now. You know, I got to know my dad in a whole different you know way than anybody else in my family, and um, great memories. And um, uh, to see the respect that he had, you know, in that building and. Um, you know, and be able to go back now and uh, see his name on that, you know, national championship sign. I mean, it's just to be a part of that. It's it was the right thing, and, and you know, I mean, I appreciate Coach Ford doing that. I mean, he made some sense. So your senior year was what year? At Daniel? Uh, eighty four. Eighty four. Okay. Uh huh. So in eighty one, you would have been a. I was a junior. I was a, well, sophomore, right? Junior? Yeah. I can't remember. Let's see. 81, 84, 81, the national championship that year. I, I, I was a, I thought I was a sophomore, junior. Yeah, so 80, like 81, that. 82 would have been 80, 80, that, yeah, that would have been your sophomore. Then 82, 83 would have been junior. Mm-hmm. 83, 84, senior. So your, your freshman year at Clemson would have been 84. That's right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I was 84 to 89 at Clemson. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested, you know, you said Ruffin was sort of the buffer between you and your dad. And um, what, what, when, when did the relationship really sort of, I guess, crystallize and take go to a higher level as you were just, as you were just talking about? With Ruffin? I'm sorry, no, with your dad. Um. I mean, with him, it was really simple. I mean, it was when I became somewhat respected as a football player. I mean, that's it. I mean, it, it, my dad was was ruthless. I mean, he was he was he was he he grew us to be able to live without him, and um, and so. Um, I mean, there really wasn't a lot of people, whether it was me or anybody else, until you became a guy that he knew you he could trust and, and you were a player, you weren't on the same you know level as him to be able to converse or talk or whatever. And so it was just a respect thing that, you know, once I became a player, and the way he did that was simply – you know, work. I mean, hard work. I mean, and, and I mean, he he was trying to run me off. I mean, he he did everything he could to run me off. Uh, whether it be staying after practice for two hours. I mean, I remember being out there and players were driving the car up that hill, and and long gone. You know, before I and I was still out there working, and um, and so. You know, through that hard work and 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 becoming a a good player. You know, I mean, I wasn't Michael Dean or William Perry or um, um, I'm trying to think Dan Benish or you know Boogie or any of those guys. I mean, I was, you know, but I was I was uh, I was up there with uh, you know um, Mark Drag and. Um, some of those guys that were there at the time, I just didn't have the explosiveness and foot quickness that those guys had. But um, size-wise and everything else, I, I could handle my own. And so, I think once I became, you know, 
one of those guys, you know, that uh, you could be dependent upon and count on um, through your actions. Um, it became a respect thing both ways. Hmm. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not, I'm trying to, it's not like, uh, you know, I mean, it's hard to explain because he was a tough guy. He was very hard. He was very tough and and very tough to to you know, he didn't smile a lot, you know, he didn't he didn't really he, he's not a he's not he wasn't a guy that really had a lot of fun. You know, he might have you know, you wouldn't see it externally, is what I'm saying. You know, but at the same time he wasn't a drill sergeant, you know, so um I don't know. It's just kinda it's kinda hard to explain. You know, I think he he just was uh you know he expected a lot. How has that experience with him, how, how did that mold you and your leadership, your um, being a father, and how you handle uh, handle your sort of yourself and your role in various roles? It's very, it's very difficult because, you know, obviously the way he did it was right. You know, I mean, at his funeral, we 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 sat with the music we played. You know, he did it my way by Saint by Frank Sinatra <laughs> because that's what he did. And so, you know, but you know, when you what's different is when you marry. You know, you marry someone that might be different than everything that was involved. And so, you know, you have a, another aspect of of. Um, you know, co-parenting, you know, that, that's involved. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult because, uh, my son, you know, he doesn't necessarily see me as, you know, I might be more like my dad than I am than other people. And so, um, I think that's, you know, difficult at times, but there's positives, you know, as he gets older, he sees those, he sees those things that are good. And so, uh, I, I, I think it's been good, but at the same time, it's been. Uh, I think. I think. Be, I think. If I were to define it, it'd be like, um, if I say something uh, with my kids, or even my wife, not in a mean way or anything, but if I say something, it really means something. And um, I think that's the way he was. He didn't say a lot, but when he did, it meant something. And um, and so um, I think that that aspect has been great. I mean, as far as coaching goes, I mean, that's there's not that, that it was everything. I mean, having demanding, you know, demanding perfection, demanding things be done right, and coaching it hard. Um, I mean. There's a lot of coaches that can't do that and still love a kid. And so then my dad's ability to do that, and I'm sure that comes from Bear Bryant. You know, I mean, my dad just didn't do that. He, he had to have learned that. And so, um, man, so I think there's a lot of positives. I mean, it's just uh, uh, work ethic, hard working. And uh, any of those guys that made it through Clemson during that time, they're probably struggling with their kids because you know it was hard work and and uh there was nothing easy about what we did but it was well you know well worth it
coaches. But I think that that having that same mindset at my first my first year coaching, being a head football coach at Stephen F. Austin, ended up us going on level. And so I, I did a complete three sixty um, by hiring Shannon Dawson and bringing in the air raid um, and buying in completely uh, because I got tired of not scoring. And, and you know, I'm still a big believer, you know, that if you can score 50 points, you're probably going to win the game. You got a chance. And so, you know, our goal was to get in the 50s. Was his... Was his heart attack regarded as stress related or hereditary, or I just didn't know uh, what? Well, the... we're, not, we're not sure about the hereditary part. You know, we're not sure about. Um, he was six foot six and probably weighed three hundred and eighty pounds. I mean, he might have been three sixty. You know, I mean, the guy didn't take care of himself, and and he didn't go to the doctor. He didn't believe in a doctor. He thought doctors were just, you know, there to diagnose you know anything they could find. And so, I mean, he, he, that was his mindset. And, um, and so, you know, we're really unsure, you know, but I'm sure stress, smoking, he smoked Pall Mall filterless cigarettes. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, it's, you know, it's not good. And so we know that today. And um, and so it was just a matter of, you know, not, it just really, honestly, it really wasn't that important to him, which is sad. The most important thing to him was coaching football and trying to win football games and being the best that he could be. Um, the guy just worked. I mean, he was a worker. You said ruthless. What was the most ruthless you ever saw him? Well, when I say ruthless, meaning he didn't care. You know, I mean, I have a conscience with my kids. It's hard for me to not feel that, you know, something about my kids or, you know, something. He obviously had to have that same feeling, but he, he didn't care. And he let the, he uh, so he in order to let that go, you know he, he he we were able to you know become better, you know. I mean, really, him and Coach Ford was a perfect combination, you know, because they they both you know you know to me the the, the physicalness of our, of the way we practiced. I mean, that's, they don't they they don't even play like that in today's games. I mean, they, they we were doing it in practice. And, and so, you know, what I mean, you know, he didn't ever not care for a kid. It was just the ability to be able to um, push the envelope and to push, to push you. You know, he, could, he, he just, he didn't have a, you know, he had no feelings towards that. You know, he, he had to, he knew he had to push and he did. And that could be from the military. He was a military guy. So, uh, I never saw him. He never demeaned a player. Um, he never um, would ever put a player in jeopardy of, of, I mean, his players were everything to him. Um, 
I mean, I don't know if I ever remember seeing anybody get hurt. Um, it was just the ability to push. It's so interesting the differences between the the that era, those golden days, and and the current and more recent ones, and just the differences in in Dabo's leadership. You know, I guess. Oh, it's totally different. It's great. I mean, and and by the end of the day, I bet you Dabo. I bet that I bet that if you were there every day, I bet that they get physical. He's got old school in him. Yeah, and there's enough old school guys around there that they get physical. He just does it a bit. He just talks about it in a different way that doesn't seem like that. Yeah, and and uh, you know one of the things as you asked me a question, I, I think the best way to put it is he did not have a problem putting his players in uncomfortable situations. Really, right now that's hurting my son. My son does not like to be uncomfortable. And so I'd say there's probably a lot of 18-year-old high school football players in this town that aren't really uncomfortable. And um, I've tried to encourage him to wrestle, which is a way to be uncomfortable. Um, And and so uh, my dad didn't have a problem with that. And, and, and Coach Ford didn't have a problem with that. And so, yeah, it's definitely different today. I mean, I think that, you know, coaches, there's, there's not, probably not a lot of coaches out there that really, you know, care to really push their players past a comfort level because they're afraid. I mean, I would think maybe they're afraid of even the transfer portal, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Um, but, Maybe there are out there. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't really, I mean, I would think Alabama, I mean, they look like they get pushed past their comfort level because they, they, they vet them before they come in. I mean, that's what they want. They, you know, they, they are going there to go to the NFL. You can't get better if you don't work. Where, where were you? I guess it was February of, 90 when Danny was out and they, I mean this well, my is dad had, my dad had passed away in in May of 89 and uh, uh, my mom was there my mom was actually working they had, they had taken care of my mom and put her in the uh, athletic department which was just amazingly nice and um, I had gotten a job as a clerk for the Senate Minority Council in Washington D.C. and um, through people I'd gotten to know at Clemson and um, and so I went and did that and it just really um, it wasn't good for me because being an athlete we were we, we were more structured um, go to bed at a certain time wake up and do and that's not the way DC operates um, you know it's uh, most of your most of your well uh, advancements uh, are done through networking after five o'clock and that just wasn't me and so um, I left there and, and um, coach uh, Brown Mike Brown uh, had, had already asked if I wanted to come you know when my dad had died and um, said he had an opportunity for me if I ever wanted to come and 
And so um, I called him back and asked him if that was still available, and he said it was. And so um, I said, I really just want to get my master's. Um, I got my degree in business from Clemson, and I wanted to get my master's. And and uh, he said, that's great. He said, you, you know, get your master's and, you know, see what you, know, what you can do to help us. And that's where it all started. What did you make of how things just fell apart with Danny and Clemson? And what do you make of it now all these years later? I mean, they had such a, they were just loaded at that time and looked to be, you know, poised to get back to contending for championships. Well, honestly, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, um, I think that, um, I mean, obviously, I think Clemson made a poor choice. I mean, I, I don't know who made this, who ultimately makes a decision, you know, of, of whatever happened. Um, but, I mean, if you look back on it now, I mean, in today's world with, you know, NCAA and everything that's going on, I mean, that was a mistake. And, and, uh, but I don't know all the ins and outs, you know, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know. And, um, my dad wasn't there. And so, uh, you know, we, we were out. And so I don't, I don't know. I've never asked. Um, but you know, me as a Clemson football player, as a Clemson alum, it just seems like a mistake, you know, but, um, you know, I think there was obviously there, 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 there was something maybe between Coach Ford and the president. I don't know, um, but I mean, you gotta look back and think that was a poor decision. I mean, guy loved Clemson. I mean, he loved it. He loved Clemson and um, was a great coach, great person, great mentor. I mean. And I'm really glad that, um, you know, they've, they, I guarantee you that won't happen again. I mean, it, it won't happen. That, that won't happen again. Uh, and so, Coach Sweeney, uh, uh, I wouldn't say anybody has lifetime contracts, but, um, uh, man, I sure hope that doesn't happen again. You have a favorite? devastating for your programs you don't see that today i mean people that are doing successful they're being successful i mean you know, i mean a great example i'm just gonna say michigan right now so michigan has some some uh, ncaa issues right now that, uh, that's what i've read um but are they gonna fire the coach i doubt it no they just uh Welcome them back. Look at Alabama. You can't tell me that you know these schools. I mean, they don't have issues. They don't have you know. Now that now they make them secondary violations, you know, and so that gives everybody an out because they don't want programs to be just you know um, what do you call them when you just you just destroy them. And um, and so you know there might be you know other ways to to fix what might be an issue and and uh, and keep the program with intact and that's what people are going to do that's what programs are going to do in my opinion you just don't see it anymore. 
What was your favorite memory as a player? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, it would be, I'd have to think probably more and more and more, but, you know, um, when we beat Florida State, uh, I believe we beat them at home. Uh, no, it was 89. Uh, the Bruski game was the one at home. Is that we lost that game? Correct. You, you beat them in 89 in Tallahassee. So no, so it wasn't. But but that that game was one that I definitely remember um, because I remember Deion Sanders um, coming over to our sidelines. We had a TV timeout, and he came over to our sidelines and he said to us, "Watch it, watch me. I'm getting ready to run this thing back." <laughs> And and I'm like, dang on, he just did that. And I mean, and and that's impressive, you know, when you have an athlete that tells you what they're going to do and then they do it, you know. Um, I was, you know, I mean, there's so many great memories. I mean, uh, one that will never go away is every summer we painted the uh, Clemson Tiger up on the upper deck. You know, we painted that. That was a summer job. And so we had a bunch of us that uh, stayed there and, and got paid through, I guess, the university um, to paint the Clemson Tiger on the upper deck. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a great memory because it was really good bonding. Can you give me just a uh, Yeah. And, uh, no, not you. Oh. <laughs> There's somebody, we have, a, we have a, a plumber here. And, um, and so, uh, stop. And so, uh, you know, that was a great memory. Um, oh, I mean, beating Georgia. You know, I mean, beating Georgia at Georgia. Um, when Treadwell, you know, kicked that, you know, extra, uh, field goal at the end. And um, that was great. You know, so, I mean, there's just, there's so many great memories. Um, they're all, they're all just kind of, same in a way I mean it's just being a part of Clemson and um, finding home and uh, seeing my dad be happy um, it was you know great you know beating what beating what would be we beat uh, Stanford uh, when Elway was 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 quarterback and his dad was the coach and then a bowl game and then we beat uh Penn State when Joe Paul was was a head coach, and then we beat Barry Switzer and Oklahoma in Barry Switzer's last game ever as a coach. Yep, that's that's great memories. No one will ever be able to take that away. And uh, I mean, you can you can fire a coach or you can pay up, but no one will ever take away that. And so, um, my time with my dad and. Uh, all the great times with the players and Coach Ford and uh, and just wearing wearing Clemson's uniform was just a blessing. Well, I'm glad Garrett Riley took the job so I could learn more about J.C. Harper. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. and uh, and that's what's so cool too, you know, is just to see this transition with Garrett and see where it goes and um, I'm excited for Dabo and and um, and shoot my my son absolutely loves Cade 
I can't pronounce his last name, but he loves Cade. And so it was hard for him this year, you know, with going through, I think even last year, you know, because he thought Cade should be the quarterback automatically. And, and, uh, and so, um, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, that whole development and see how it all goes. Uh, um, I hope it's great. Well, man, I, I didn't expect this much of your time, so I appreciate you sharing. This oh, has been I've awesome. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the same. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, I've answered your questions, and hopefully you'll have a, a great uh, article. And if anything, you, you learned a lot. Yes, learn a lot. We did. Really appreciate JC for uh, joining us. Really cool stuff. Thank you to our sponsors for helping make this happen. And... Of course, most of all, thanks to every one of you for being such loyal listeners. Really appreciate it. Everybody have a great weekend. Cheers.